0: Views and opinions expressed by those involved in the show are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the Newbie Guide to Sweden. Hello my newbie mates, it's Shiona here and I am back in Sweden baby, at least for the next 90 days. In case you didn't catch my latest episode, I was unexpectedly deported from Sweden a couple of months ago due to a really boring administration error on a work visa from 2018 which evidently is enough to get you booted out of Sweden even if you've been living here for nearly six years and are married to a Swede. The things you learn. However, I am back on Swedish soil for now. I am here as a tourist while I wait for my spouse visa to get processed. And, of course, while I'm here, I'm going to take this time to bring you more episodes of the Newbie Guide to Sweden podcast. If you haven't already, guys, please do rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It actually really, really helps us, so please do that. And if you're not yet a subscriber, do subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Clearly a lot of drama happens over here, so hopefully it's worth your while. In today's episode, we are heading to Jotabari, to Gothenburg. Ah. Oh, I just love this city. It's so damn good. Gothenburg is the home or the birthplace of so many cool things, including Håkan Hellström, Volvo, Way Out West Music Festival, uh, the drummer from Motorhead, Mickey D, Uh, Ace of Bass is from here, Jose Gonzalez, Björn from ABBA is from Jotabari, The song Shoreline, Lissaberry Amusement Park, Fish Markets, Trams, Longartina, and some very jolly accents. Oh, Jotiberry, what a city you are. In fact, Gothenburg is so packed full of greatness, it would just be impossible to cover absolutely everything in one go. So think of this episode as a part one of Jottibari. We will not be done after this episode. In fact, if you are from Gothenburg or you really want us to cover someone or something from this fabulous city, why not let us know via the Newbie Guide to Sweden Instagram page or or send me a DM on Instagram, all these links are in the show notes, knock yourselves out. But for this episode, I want to explore just a little bit of the history of Gothenburg and dive into a very famous Swedish brand that was born and developed in Gothenburg. I'll chat to a newbie who works at this very special brand and I also want to introduce you to another fabulous newbie called Veronica who has opened up her own cafe in Gothenburg so the next time you're in town, you can pay her a visit. So let's jump straight on to the Tvobanan and get stuck into gorgeous Gothenburg. Jotteberry or Gothenburg as it's known in English, is Sweden's second biggest city. It's located on the western coast of Sweden and its population is just shy of 600,000 people. Gothenburg was founded in 1621 by King Gustav II Adolf. Legend has it that the king simply pointed to a patch of watery marshland with his royal finger and said, Here, the city shall lie. This moment has been immortalised with a statue of King Gustav II which was erected in 1854 in Gustav Adolf's Torii. Gothenburg over the years has had a lot of nicknames. In the 1600s, the urban design of Gothenburg was inspired by the Dutch model, and so it was affectionately nicknamed New Amsterdam by the Dutch. Fun fact, the first officially registered person in Gothenburg was actually a Dutchman. Later on in the 1800s, Gothenburg was nicknamed Little London due to the large number of Brits who came over to help build the city at the time. This nickname Little London is actually still often used today, but probably more because of the weather. Just like London, Gothenburg is a grey and very drizzly city. One of the more famous sites of Gothenburg is the iconic Fisk or the Fish Church, which was opened in 1874. It is a jewel of Gothenburg, housing one of the city's oldest trades, fishing. Now, I've got to mention the Gothenburg accent. It, it really is something worth mentioning in this podcast. Now, if you're still pretty new to Sweden, you might not yet be aware that there's tons of different accents around Sweden, but when it comes to the Gothenburg accent, this one is considered kind of universally pretty funny, jolly, and kind of silly in a very affectionate way, according to Swedes. Like, you can ask any Swedish person to impersonate a Gothenburger, and they'll just instantly turn into this childlike cartoon character. It's very, very fun. But as I learned firsthand, the Gothenburg accent can also be a neat little party trick. My husband, Victor, and I were on the island Erland, which is just over on the east coast, just off the coast of um, Kalmar. We'd just been to a fabulous concert and we were hitting up an outdoor bar afterwards. And at the bar was an extremely, extremely drunk middle-aged man. Like like, so drunk that the art of standing up was consuming a hundred percent of this man's energy and focus. He was rambling, banging into things, wanting to order more drinks. He was wobbling all over the place, bopping into people. You could just tell that this situation was only going to go pear-shaped. Anyway, suddenly, before it did turn sour, a guy comes over, puts a hand on the drunk guy's shoulder and basically said, in Swedish, Listen mate, it's time for you to relax. Chill out. How about you take a little walk and go home? Instantly, this drunk guy was calm. Turned to the guy, kind of nodded, and left. I was absolutely gobsmacked. I turned to Victor and said, How did that guy do that? And Victor said, Well he had a really thick Gothenburg accent. It was probably very, very funny to listen to. If I had said, The exact same thing in my thick as shit Stockholm accent. I would have been punched in the face. So there you go. If you're ever in a sticky situation, find a Gothenburger.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Now, I don't know about you, but after all this talk about Gothenburg's history and accents and drunk people, I am starting to have some real coffee cravings. Thankfully, I have found a great new cafe in Gothenburg that has been created and is run by a newbie. Her name is Veronica and she's the brains behind the cafe Molokini. I just had to meet up and talk with Veronica and introduce you all to her and get to know her story, both as a business owner but also as a resident of Gothenburg. Veronica, it is lovely to meet you and thanks for taking the time to talk to me and to talk to the newbie guide to Sweden about your, your fantastic business and your fantastic life in Gothenburg. I just want to start off by, by asking where, where are you right now? Where, what are you
1: sitting in? So I'm at a cafe that we opened last November and it's called uh, Molokini Cafe. And it's the only Hawaiian (laughs) coffee shop in in Gothenburg, at least. I don't know if there's any in Stockholm, but at least it's the only in Gothenburg.
0: Fantastic. And this is your business, Veronica. This is a business that you, you started just last year.
1: Yeah, so it it kind of started as a joke with some friends um, because they were looking for a job and I had just finished a master's in Sweden Mm. and I had the opportunity to either um, search for employment myself or open a business. And I already do some um, freelance work, so I thought I don't want to um, sign up for a company, so it could be a good idea. Uh, And then we just created the company and it took us about, um, I would say, maybe seven months from the time... We set up the company until we actually found a location for it. Um, but yeah, it did kind of start as a joke and, uh, and then it was not so much of a joke afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice uh, to have a place that you can go to. Like I work from home usually with um, a lot of like data and computers. So I thought, yeah, coffee shop is a nice place to go and sit. So it was somewhere that I could also um, enjoy and uh, maybe even do some work from.
0: So, tell me about Molokini. Am I saying it right?
1: Molokini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when we um, w- when we finally had decided of a coffee shop, then we, we looked into, um, okay, we want to do something different. There's already so many coffee shops in the city. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, they all have customers, but what can set us uh, aside from the others? So, mm-hmm. we started looking for a good quality coffee because they drink a lot of coffee in Sweden, but yes. usually the quality is not so good. So... We thought we want to offer something different for those who do appreciate a, a better quality, and Hawaiian coffee um, came up as top of the list. Uh, they have really good beans there because of all the volcanic rock, and uh, and the the land is very um, is very rich in minerals, so it gives mm. it a, a very nice flavour. And um, we got in touch with a Hawaiian supplier that actually helps us with both the teas and the coffee from Hawaii. Um, and they're really, really nice people because they don't have anyone uh, selling their stuff in Sweden, even though yeah. they're they're well known. Uh, wow. So for the tea, we have a company that's called uh, Hawaiian Tea Company. And for the coffee, we have one that's called Lion Coffee. And Lion is very well recognized in other places, but obviously not, not yet in Sweden. So they're quite happy when we posted photos of their coffee cups uh, sitting in the middle of the snow during the winter because that's oh. not something they've seen before <laughs>
0: <laughs> they must have loved that I mean I I lo- it's such an mm. unlikely pairing isn't it Hawaii meets Sweden you're the gateway for lion coffee and for Hawaiian tea to enter Sweden that is
1: fantastic yeah I mean I I have had the chance of going to Hawaii several times and I actually worked there once for a summer so um, I I love that part of the world and <laughs> it's definitely a somewhere where i want to travel soon especially now that i actually have an excuse to go visit the supplier yeah yeah well it's just it's just brilliant i feel like it kind of transports you back there even if it's a cloudy and and raining outside
0: <laughs> I was gonna say it's like your sort of own little escape to Hawaii like on a on a on a dark and cloudy Gothenburg
1: day what a what a wonderful yeah. thing to go to Hawaii <laughs> yeah I mean for example we uh we play um we try and play Hawaiian music all the time
2: Great. if we're not
1: playing Hawaiian music we still play um I don't know jack johnson a music that's also relaxed yes, you know or surfies. even artists who, who live in yeah. hawaii so mm. so it's like um some people actually they walk in they don't notice it's a hawaiian coffee shop and then they hear the music and they're like oh yeah okay yeah and then, then they get it
0: <laughs> but that's nice because then it's sort of it's it, it's a smooth transition isn't it to this sort of holiday destination in the middle of gothenburg i think it's fabulous and And really what you're offering is more than just great coffee and food. You're offering like this little escape somewhere um, that's a lot warmer and more tropical than (laughs) Sweden and Gothenburg. (laughs) As I was getting to know Veronica, I couldn't help but notice the beautiful piece of art hanging behind her in the cafe. I can see behind you that you've got this amazing artwork as well, with like an ocean, there's blues. It looks like it's sort of reflective of the ocean kind
1: of. How that painting was done by a a girl from Gothenburg. Her name is Emma Lindström. And um, we have two paintings of her. So one, um, because the name of our cafe is inspired um, in this crater that's um, underwater, and it just has only a tip that comes above the water so inside the like the bowl of the crater which we thought was a good idea because we do like smoothie bowls and poke bowls Mm. um, and we want to use those colors as inspiration I guess for our plates inside that crater there's like a coral reef so -hmm. it has a lot of colors so the painting that we have in the um, first part of the cafe which is this blue one kind of represents the colors uh, over the sea level or what you see if you're not diving underwater. But then we told her we want this other painting to look at how it would look from underwater, you know? Mm. So she has like lighter blue at the top, but then a much darker blue, like when you're looking underwater. Yeah. Basically, it looks as if someone had just jumped into the water like
0: yeah there's movement I can it's it's a very vivid image and it feels like you're moving or at least that you're surrounded by water in some way it's really beautiful so it's not only uh brilliant coffee that you do Veronica at Molokini but what what in terms of food do you guys have to offer at your place
1: so so yeah we thought of having also a lunch option not just having cakes and fika so, um, we thought of having pokeballs. They're becoming quite popular now in Sweden, um, and I've tried some myself, but uh, there were a few things that we wanted to change or add some uh, additional ingredients and so on. I have no uh, kitchen experience myself, so we got a friend of mine who lives in Denmark now, but she's a chef and she has lived in a lot of places. She was recently um, for two years in Japan and so on, and, and even though poke is Hawaiian food, it's um, inspired in Asian food as well. Mm. Um, so she uh, suggested a lot of ingredients that our customers uh, really like. You know, they're, they're interested because it's not the common uh, poke um, um, toppings that you would go for. Mm. So, so yeah, thanks to her who, who actually came over one weekend and, and taught us how to prepare it. Uh, we have um, a menu that um, it, it turns out to be a very tasty poke. Like poke is not... Um, complicated to prepare really because a lot of the uh, ingredients or vegetables or, or fruits it's just unfrozen things mm. um but it's really all about the toppings and the sauce and if you marinate things mm. that makes the difference and gives it a really good taste so we have a, a customer who lives close by and he says oh this is the best pocket is it, that i've tried because it's it's more like a. Um, It's more like a a little bit of a homemade version compared to a franchise, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing you just mentioned, the guy who who thinks this is the best poke that he's tasted. But what has the reaction been from Gothenburgers when it comes to both your your coffee from Hawaii, the food and your place in general?
1: I think they really, really like it. Uh, When it comes to um, the coffee, for instance, we have... We, we do offer an option of an Italian coffee for those that don't want to try the Hawaiian one, but <laughs> in fairness, it's the one that people try the least. Um, and from the Hawaiian ones, we have um, a darker roast that um, just has coffee flavor in it, of course. But then we have lighter roast beans, which have um, additional flavors. So we've got uh, like chocolate macadamia, um, toasted coconut at the moment, and then vanilla macadamia. So when they try those, it really surprises them because it's a flavor that they're not expecting, or, or they don't really know um, what it's going to taste like. You know? Yeah,
0: nice. I like that. It's you've got a backup plan for people if they're not feeling so daring. They can always have yeah. an Italian coffee. But for those who are willing to have a, to take the plunge into Hawaii, then mm. they
1: can they they get really well rewarded. Yeah, they like it, and I mean, it's also um, it's a good quality bean anyway. So even. Mm even the simplest coffee is going to taste fine with it, you know. Mm.
0: And I think it's a, I think that it says something to the Swedish character actually as well because on our first episode we are talking about beer and we are talking to the head brewer of, of one of Sweden's first microbreweries and he was saying too that, you know, yeah, the Swedes are up for trying things and, and now their third best-selling beer is actually made from Australian hops because people are like, yeah, I'll have an Aussie beer. Sure, I'll try that. And it's this sort of willingness to dare to just try something different. I'm sure it's so interesting and and exotic for people in Gothenburg to walk into a Hawaiian place with Hawaiian products. Um, But Veronica, I mean, this is still like quite a new project. You guys opened in November last year. But what has been the experience opening a hospitality place in Sweden?
1: Well... To, to be honest, we didn't open at the best moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we opened uh, during COVID yeah. and right before the winter. Uh. So, bad idea. But, um, <laughs> but in fairness, we, we had to open because um, I was running out of time. I had a one year after my master's to either start a company or find a job. So, I just had to say, screw it, we need to start now. Um, okay. So, yeah, the winter was insanely slow but it was slow everywhere not just here um and even though we're not opened late so the restriction um times didn't affect us too much people were still going out less um mm. so yeah that affected us as well and, and also of course the fact that we were a new business right mm. um but now uh, people are starting to notice us to recognize us and it's the summer so we're getting more and more customers mm.
0: but i think that's so interesting veronica that really the you had a deadline and your yeah, deadline yeah. was was your visa Essentially, so it's like in order for you to stay, the dream had to become reality within this sort of time frame. Absolutely, that's quite ballsy. I think that's a really cool effort that you're like, shit. If I don't do it, I'm I'm not (laughs) going to be able to stay in Sweden. So, in a sense, Molokini is your ticket to stay in Sweden, as well
1: as being your dream (laughs) place.
0: You know, like it, like it's a dream and it's a wonderful project, but also it's it's the thing that's really tying you here. Yeah,
1: Yeah. In a, in a way, absolutely, yeah. And um, how long have you been in Sweden, Veronica? So almost five years now. It'll be five years in June. Great. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Well, a happy five years in June. And what first made you come
1: to Sweden? Well, I'm originally from Chile, uh, but I had lived in the UK as a child. And then after university, I moved to Dublin and I was there a few years Um, But when I moved out of Dublin, I thought, I want to live in a country with certain, um, like, there were certain things I was looking for, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I wanted standards uh, a little bit higher than Ireland and UK. Mm. So that only left me a few countries on the map, to be (laughs) honest. Um, And I have um, friends, like, in Norway, Finland and, and Sweden and so on, and I... I visited um, those countries and I thought, well, oh, Sweden seems like a good choice. And it was, uh, to be frank, it was the easiest um, to immigrate to uh, coming from Chile because they have a, a work and holiday agreement. Mm. So that's that was how I first entered, and then I studied here and so on, and now this other visa. So uh, it was more um, because it was convenient and it was the easiest um, for where I was coming from.
0: Mm, mm. But now, after five
1: years, does it feel like home? it does but at the same time um i still need to improve the language like i've done as a fee i can talk to customers and so on but every friend or every relationship that i've had within sweden has been through english because obviously uh, the vocabulary that i have is not uh, enough to um to speak to someone on a daily basis right Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think the language definitely um becomes a bit of a a barrier there. Every other country that I've lived in has either been Spanish-speaking or English-speaking. So um, so it's not been a problem. But um, but yeah, I mean, it takes time and it's uh, something that happens to everyone, I guess. Probably most people who are listening have had the same issue. I dare say, and it,
0: it is a really important piece of the puzzle, I think, and I think mm. it's very easy for, for us to say, like you just said, like, oh, it takes time, like, it'll get there. And it will, Veronica, it will get there, mm. but it is important to um, acknowledge how... It makes you feel when it isn't quite there, that it is quite an important part of your integration, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like if I go to the shops and so on, I try to use Swedish, but every time I speak over the phone or if I go um, anywhere that's important, like if I go to the doctor or the bank,
0: Mm. even
1: though I could understand what they're saying, I always ask them to speak to me in English because Mm. I cannot afford... Not understanding ten percent, you know, because it could be like the one um, detail that you cannot miss, and and I always ask them like, can, can you do you speak English? Because mm. it's just I cannot understand hundred uh, percent, and I need to if it's something yeah. important.
0: So it's amazing that you've been able to launch your own coffee shop and cafe without having mastered the language. It's really inspiring to know that you can actually do mm. that. You can come to Sweden and maybe. Um, you haven't quite mastered the language yet but you can, I mean look at you, you're sitting in your own business right now and, and saying oh you know it would be nice if I could speak Swedish better but babe like look what you're doing, it's amazing what you've achieved.
1: Yeah I think the language like you can always um, ask like call the different agencies and they can offer information in English but the trickiest part I'd say is that uh, there's a lot of steps to opening a business some steps that um might not be so logic if you're not from Sweden. Like, you have no idea. If you want to have a sign outside, you need to ask permission to the police. And uh, But in fairness, the, the website where you register companies, they have this thing called, like, the checklist. And then you write everything your business is going to have, and they tell you exactly where to get the information. They give you the links um, and everything. But when I did the checklist for mine, I think it had definitely over 30 items to go through, you know? mm um, Even, like, for example, before you start serving food, you need to register with the people who come and check that you're you're serving food that's edible. Mm. Um, But you have to register with them at least two weeks before you open. And I literally saw that two weeks before we (laughs) opened. (laughs) Oh, God. Because I remember someone mentioned that to me, like, yeah, you have to sign up here. And literally two weeks before, I looked at it and I said, oh, crap I have to sign today. <laughs> um, and otherwise, we would have had to delay the opening like one yeah. or two days. Oh, God. Just because of that. Uh, so that was right on the edge there. Yeah.
0: That is that
1: is last minute. But you did it. You yeah. made it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Veronica, tell me where can people find Molokini in Gothenburg? So we're located on a street called Vermlandskotan and we're number 22. But it's really easiest. We're in the corner with Tredilongotan. There's a street called Andra Longgarten, which is full of bars and a lot of partying. This is one street away from us. Perfect.
0: <laughs> oh, the, the third long avenue, the, the Firste yes. Longgarten, Andra Longgarten and the Tredje I, I Last time I was in Gothenburg, I was staying very close to you. I was yeah. walking down the Longgarten uh, when I was there to grab a morning mm-hmm. coffee. But it was before you opened, Veronica, so you couldn't help me. Next time me. you'll grab a Hawaiian coffee. <laughs> <laughs> So when I go back, I'll definitely be paying you a visit. Perfect. Is Molokini on Instagram? Is there a website? Where can people connect with you guys? Yeah,
1: well, we have, we have uh, both that you mentioned. Facebook, we do have an account, but to be honest, we're not that active on Facebook. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we use their Instagram. It's Molokini Cafe altogether. And then our website is molokinicafe.se.
0: Fantastic. That's so nice. And you're there every day, basically. So if people can come in, they can ask for Veronica.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if I'm not here, I have two lovely, like there's only South American working here. (laughs) Oh, wow. um, Yeah. We've got from Peru, from Argentina, and then myself from Chile. So if you guys want to practice your Spanish, more than welcome. (laughs)
0: Fantastic. I love that people can come in and be like, what do you want? Do you want English, Spanish? Light Swedish. Swedish.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we try and do all three languages, so it's like a little spruk cafe. How gorgeous.
0: If you are living or are visiting Gothenburg, do give Veronica our newbie love and support and go pay Molokini a visit on Värmlandsgatan. It's just around the corner from Tredjelunggottan. Links to their Instagram and website will be in the show notes. Do say hi and if you are there, why don't you tag us in your Instagram stories so we can share the love. As I mentioned earlier, Gothenburg is so famous for many, 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 many things. But one brand I simply couldn't go past without highlighting is Volvo, which was born right here in Gothenburg. I honestly didn't know anything about Volvo before moving to Sweden. In fact, in Australia, Volvo drivers are kind of famous for being super slow and like ultra defensive and taking Absolutely zero risk always, which now living in Sweden kind of makes a bit more sense. I'm curious, do Volvo drivers have a reputation where you come from? Is it similar to the reputation they have in Australia or is it something else? Uh, but anyway, let's learn a little bit more about Volvo. Volvo is actually Latin for "I roll. Huh. The company was born on April 14th, 1927, when the first ever car, Jakob, left the Volvo factory in Gothenburg. Volvo was founded by Asar Gabrielsson and Gustav Larsson, and it was formed on the values of high quality and level of safety, values that still very much apply to the Volvo cars of today. Volvo's 10,000th car hit the road in May 1932, which was a big milestone for the company. In 1944, Volvo unveiled one of its most significant cars, the PV444, Volvo's first true small car. It was combining the style of an American car, but with the size of a European car. The PV-444 was an instant hit. Many called it the Lille Volvo or the little Volvo. Only 11 years later in 1955, the first PV-444 hit American soil, specifically Long Beach, California. The Americans initially took a little while to warm to the car, but two years later, Volvo Cars had become the second largest import brand in California. Safety features and accident protection were a key factor in this car's design, and this was enhanced even further in 1959 when Volvo Cars started being equipped with a three-point seatbelt, like the ones we use today. It was actually an engineer at Volvo who invented the three-point seatbelt. His name is Nils Berlin. The three-point seatbelt is still widely used today. And that's actually because Volvo opened up the patent so that any car manufacturer could use it in their car designs. Volvo decided that the invention was so significant that saving as many lives as possible was deemed more important than trying to profit from the invention. Volvo's managing director, Alan Dessel, is quoted as saying, The decision to release the three-point seatbelt patent was visionary and in line with Volvo's guiding principle of safety. Nils Boulin, who was the Volvo engineer who invented the three-point seatbelt, Received a gold medal from the Royal Swedish Academy of Engineering Science in 1995, and in 1999, he was inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame. He is known as the man who saved a million lives. And to finish up, here's a fun fact for you. Between the 14th of April 1927 and the 28th of February 2022, Volvo Cars has produced 22,794,111 cars. That's incredible. But there is actually more to Volvo than just cars. And this is what I found out after talking to newbie Vishnu, who works at Volvo Group here in Gothenburg. Having moved to Sweden from India with his wife and young daughter six years ago, I was super keen to have a chat with Vishnu and discuss all things Volvo, what they're doing now, as well as discuss his new life this close to the North Pole. Uh, I think the first thing I would like to ask you, Vishnu, is am I pronouncing that correctly, Vishnu?
2: Yes, absolutely right.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Um, Let's start with your journey with Volvo. I've had a little look at your background. I know that you've been working with Volvo for quite a long time and not just in Sweden. You've worked uh, with Volvo in India as well, as I understand it. How did your journey start with Volvo?
2: Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I've been working at Volvo, you can say, from 2012. That would make it 10 years, right? Mm. But in a way, it has been longer, even longer. That's because I used to work at two other companies before. One of them was Ingersoll Rand in India. Uh, but the business I was part of was acquired by Volvo. Mm -hmm. And then I was Volvo for a short period of time, and then I left Volvo and joined another company called TEDx. And a part of that company was also acquired by Volvo. Then I thought, yeah, I think maybe I should just join Volvo. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the signs were pretty clear.
2: (laughs) Clear. So it was always there. Uh, So that's that's how I started. But I started in India, and I worked with uh, Volvo Trucks, and then I worked with one unit called Volvo Group Connected Solutions, and then I had the opportunity to come here and, and uh, work from Sweden
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: at Volvo. Now that you ask me, I realize that I've been in the Volvo system for a long time.
0: Yes, you're <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Volvo, I guess, has been a significant player in some pretty important periods of your life. So. Yeah.
2: In fact, when I joined Volvo, that was the year my daughter was born. So it was like a coincidence, but... I can't forget that year for other reasons, more important reasons, but it's kind of connected somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a very significant year in your life. Definitely. So now you're based in Gothenburg. Is that correct?
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: And you're still working with Volvo. and, And how are you working with Volvo today?
2: Yeah, I mean, I work at Volvo Group. And by mm. the way, it's, it's a very important thing. A lot of people get mix up the two Volvos. There are actually two Volvos.
0: <gasps> There's more than one Volvo? Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the same brand. Both businesses share the brand. Mm. The brand is owned by Volvo Group. Sometime in the 90s, I'm not really exactly sure of which year, Volvo actually sold the car business to Ford.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: and then it was consequently sold to Geely which is a like a chinese automotive giant so Volvo cars is Volvo of course but it is a business entity by itself with Volvo group which is the entity that sold the cars but still is still there big and strong we are into trucks construction equipment powertrain and marine sort of engines and you know in, in a more i would say business to business sort mm. of setting in commercial vehicles mm.
0: so
2: i work at volvo group
0: okay okay
2: because most people i meet automatically assume when i say i work at volvo that i work at volvo cars
0: of course i mean that's what you think of when you think volvo that's the first thing that comes to your mind of course it is such a huge company it makes perfect sense that there's much more to it than than just cars <laughs>
2: <laughs> so at volvo group i uh, work as a senior innovation manager and I'm part of a team called Innovation Ecosystems and Partnerships. Uh, And I think our mission is to sort of accelerate innovation and new business enabled by partnerships. So we are essentially looking outside to startups and tech companies out there with whom we can collaborate uh, and combine forces with to make Volvo more competitive of course, make Volvo successful but also the startup and the tech uh, ecosystem successful along with us. So essentially we have something called the CAMPEX concept, and, and CAMPEX is really the innovation and partnership arena or hub for Volvo Group. Uh, and we have one in Gothenburg, we have it in several places in the, in, in the world because Volvo Group is a international, multinational company. But I work uh, here at CAMPEX by Volvo Group in Gothenburg.
0: Fantastic. And when you say that you're collaborating with startups and smaller companies, I'm just wondering why Volvo does that. Is it because Volvo Group does that? Is it because these small tech companies are, you know, always thinking of the latest technology and super small so they're really agile and maybe can get things going quicker? Is that why Volvo Group has decided to collaborate with with startup companies?
2: For sure, that's definitely one of the reasons. But broadly, you know, there's a lot of things transforming in the industry, like we have to get a lot more responsible about making products more sustainable, making them planet friendly. In addition to making them usable and and, and valuable for customers, we also have to consider the environment. So there's a lot of transition happening to greener technologies like Electric trucks and electric buses and whatnot, and also at the same time, there is a lot of improvements that we can do in safety through autonomous driving. I think autonomous driving, to a great extent, is also seen as something that will happen with cars, but it's mm. actually already happening with trucks. Is it much faster than truck, uh, cars in mm. in confined areas, in mines and quarries? Uh, you know, they are work environments that are pretty challenging. And there we can do a lot in terms of safety. So we are doing that already. Volvo has a business called Volvo Autonomous Solutions. But but essentially what I was trying to say is all of these transformation that's happening in the core business of Volvo Group is sort of enabled by all the, the new tech that is coming out. And startups is one format where, you know, there's a lot of innovation that they're producing. And we believe that we can combine... Volvo's strong knowledge about how customers work today, what are their challenges, and we combine that with the innovation out there in, in, the, in the startup world. So if we combine well, we can deliver value to both customers and the and the society. So that's one of the reasons why we do it. And when you have a big transformation in the industry, uh, the, the, the value chain is changing. Mm. So we should be open to what's happening out there
0: that's very cool. It's very cool. I think it's very interesting that you get to essentially pick and choose from all the great ideas and find your right match out there with with companies that are, you know, putting their sole focus into one or two things that could be very specific to to something you need.
2: That's 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 a very good point too because you get the, the good focus of a startup Mm. and you try to sort of marry it with the implementation and execution of of a company of the scale of volvo group that what we hope is the sort of sweet spot
0: do you see the future of um trucks and the machines you work with do you see a future where they will all be automated or do you still think there's a place for humans and automation working together
2: i think uh, i think it'll always be it will still be humans and Automation working together. I think the the job design for humans will increasingly change Uh, You could operate these machines for example Sitting in your office because the machines will not operate by themselves all the time There could be scenarios where you will do it, but still you could do it in your from your office You will also take on a little bit of uh, the role more of thinking a little bit more long term Rather than, you know, spending a lot of time in the machines, driving them or trucks, driving them, you'll probably be doing other things. In yeah. a way, I think this all of this will grow the pie and create new jobs, new kind of things that we'll have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very good, because I know that it, there's always that sort of argument, isn't there, that people go, oh, my God, none of us are going to have any jobs anymore, but... It- know that the jobs will change and of course with change becomes more needs just a, a different mindset like you're saying rather than being behind the wheel all the time you get an opportunity to step above that and get a bigger picture yeah. on a higher level
2: there is also this the change journey right because there's a lot of people today do that and to be able to reskill them to be able to sort of find a way to manage the transition that is not just the job of a company it's almost the job of the society it's sort of much larger Mm. so I think we can't of course underplay the the impacts or consequences but I would say it is still some distance away Mm. (laughs) where the technology is is not there yet but it will be
0: yeah it's not going to change overnight we've got time to adjust (laughs) (laughs) Um, one question I have here, I'm wondering your take on this. Volvo is, is such a Swedish brand. Like, it doesn't matter where you go in the world, everyone knows ABBA, Volvo, you know, <laughs> IKEA. These are the, the brands that really speak to the Swedish culture and the Swedish society. Why do you think Volvo is so quintessentially Swedish? What do you think makes it so, so Swedish?
2: I think one of the things I can think of off my head is, uh, is if you look at the values of what lies behind the Volvo brand. And now I'm talking both cars and trucks and group, Volvo Group, of course, is uh, safety. And I think one of the primary things also, in a way, I, I believe in, in the Swedish culture is about taking everybody along and having this attention to detail about safety. And maybe design. So those are those are things that you can associate with the brand as well. Uh, that I think makes it Swedish. Uh, but working at Volvo also, you see the difference uh, in the sense that the work culture is fairly unique when it comes to uh, how decisions are made and how sort of how formal or informal the setting is, and and the fact that you sort of have a kind of a hierarchy in the organization, but that is not solid stone. It's not a strict permission driven culture i think it's it's those things i feel are also kind of fairly swedish
0: you're in a particularly interesting position because you've worked with volvo across multiple countries um yeah. did you feel the difference working at volvo in india compared to working at volvo group in sweden or is the sort of culture international
2: i think there's a flavor of it uh, when you work in other places as well i would say even in india i was to me, it was very clear, at least, that I was working for a Swedish company.
0: Oh, so wow! there was a
2: flavour of that culture, for sure.
0: Wow. It wasn't so, I guess, as formal, perhaps, as other companies? Yeah,
2: I, I would say so. And also, I think the, the values are, Volvo was talking about environmental care from a long time, safety, environmental care, and I think it's a little bit also down to those things. Hmm. But there is also the consensus decision-making It's a little Mm. bit like uh, you have to take everybody on board, but that was very different from, let's say, India when Mm. I used to work in other companies. Mm.
0: Vishnu, I wanted to ask about you first. I wanted to know how how long you've been living in Sweden now.
2: Uh, I will be it will be six years in May so soon.
0: Oh, that's the same as me. I was also a May two thousand sixteen
2: girl
0: so ah, happy anniversary to us soon
2: (laughs) (laughs) happy anniversary
0: (laughs) and the reason you moved to sweden i guess it was that an opportunity presented itself to you while you were working in india is that right
2: yeah i mean it was a little bit like this my wife also works at Volvo. Uh, she was the one who had this opportunity actually to move here and, and be an expat uh, I kind of followed her, I would say. But then I was also able to, I was working at Volvo, so I was lucky as well that there were there was a job opening. But it was she who kind of really <laughs> uh, planted the flag here, if you can call it that way.
0: Yeah, right. And what was that like for you guys when when it came up as an opportunity? How did you decide to go for it?
2: Both of us had worked in India for quite some time we were already thinking it could be something interesting to do that we work Mm. outside for some time we did have some discussions but when it became real I remember I was like thinking about it a lot whether Mm. what does it really mean because Mm. it's always sort of exciting to do the change but then what happens afterwards so Mm. and then I was really not so sure initially what will I really do there yeah Uh, that kind of thing and you know friends and family and, and your kind of daily life changes I mean we lived in the same uh, city that our parents lived and when you have a really young kid it sort of is a big uh, support yeah um, so those are all the things that maybe I didn't think we didn't think all about all <laughs> of it then but we now realize that <laughs> maybe after six years that yeah you know those are all the things maybe you should think about <laughs>
0: yes but if you'd thought about them too much then maybe you wouldn't have taken the yeah, leap of faith true. you know but now that you've been here for six years do you feel like yeah sweden is home or where where are you feeling when it comes to sweden as your base now
2: i think we're quite comfortable in sweden i think it has been um i mean in a way we uh, we like our life here and how we have sort of settled in and uh, and how welcoming the country has been yeah. Uh, we like the fact that you're always very close to nature and we're coming from, uh, at least I am, I grew up in Bangalore. It's it's a city of 10 million people. That's the whole population oh, wow. of Sweden. Uh, <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> wow. And, you know, so it takes, if you want to go into the woods or the forest, it takes some time, you know, getting there. So we feel that uh, the quality of life is, is quite good. Winters can be challenging, especially for... For us, you know, coming from south of India where Mm. the only season you have is summer and maybe (laughs) summer (laughs) with some rain. Yes, yes. The darkness and and the cold, it it takes some time getting used to.
0: I don't think people do get used to it, to be honest. A lot of Swedes I speak to also struggle with it every year. But then again, I've never appreciated summer more than the summers I've had in Sweden. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think the summer is, is sacred here. And you know why, after living here.
0: Yes, exactly. A 24-degree day is like paradise here now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I realized that I took a lot of sun granted back in the south of India. It, yeah,
0: me too.
2: The world isn't like that, I realized.
0: Yeah, I'm the same, just totally took it for granted. Whereas now, my God. It's like a drug. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious about your daughter. How did she find the move? She was four when she came.
2: It was initially a bit tough for her. She was quite attached to her grandparents and she, you know, couldn't meet them as often as she could back there. So she took some time adjusting to that. But afterwards, I mean, she's uh, 10 now. So she spent more years here than in India. Yeah. In the first four years, you know that memory kind of maybe the feelings stay with you, but the memories are not
0: mm. exactly
2: as crystal clear. Yeah. So she really really loves it here. She likes her school. She likes you know her friends, and uh, I would say she's really liking it here. She's uh, she's
0: adapted to Sweden much better
2: than us. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to ask you. I guess if she's going to school and everything is is how is her Swedish must be fabulous.
2: No, she actually goes to the international school. So uh-huh. she uses a lot more English than Swedish, but I would say she's definitely better than me. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it's still a lot, lot more English than Swedish.
0: Okay. And how, did, how, how is your and your wife's Swedish? How it gone?
2: <laughs> I think uh, my wife is definitely doing much better than me, uh, but I can sort of understand. I still don't have the confidence to speak very fluently but I could do a short conversation for sure. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, It takes time and I think it's a different thing too when you're moving and your whole family is coming from a, a country where you guys don't speak Swedish at home. So my husband is Swedish, but of course we met each other speaking English. That is our language is English. So even though I'm really trying with Swedish and obviously speaking and learning more and more, you know, you you at home you will speak the language that, is your home language.
2: It's a very interesting thing. Actually, me and my wife, we don't speak the same language. We didn't grow up speaking the same language at home because India has so many different languages. Yeah. So we speak a lot of English too, which is very strange, but that's the way it is.
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's so fascinating. And does your daughter speak any Indian language?
2: She does. She she grew up speaking a language called Tamil that was my wife's language and she was pretty okay in Canada, which was my language. But it's a lot of English these days. There are so many languages that we have to be on top of now. So. I know.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's like we have to, you have to change every hour. One hour Swedish, one hour English, one hour yeah. in your Indian language and then the next yeah. in your wife's. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Tell me about Gothenburg. I mean, I've been there. I think Gothenburg's fantastic. But what are your, what are your um, feelings on Gothenburg? What is it like as a, as a city for expats?
2: I think Gothenburg in the summer is amazing mm. because it's got a very unique coastline, rocky. And I kind of, if I have a picture of Gothenburg, it would be the, the sea and, and all of these rocks, the, the archipelago, the islands, Mm. Of Gothenburg, they're such nice places to walk in the summer. Mm. I think I would say nature, closeness to nature, activities, If kayaking, hiking. Uh, mm. I think that's really, really good. Uh, you can find amazing places to just go away for a weekend or, you know, take a day, day and just drive down south, north. So I feel like it's, uh, it's in the right spot. You can go all the way up to Norway and drive yeah. all the way down to Denmark. All you need is a car and it's fully connected. You can be very active and you can be connected to nature Mm. while still having like a corporate job or working in a large company because Gothenburg is also home not just for Volvo but SKF, Mm. AstraZeneca. Mm. There are big companies here, international companies. So it kind of gives you a unique mix, I think.
0: Gothenburg's quite an expat. City, then there must be a lot of people from all over the world working. Yeah, I think so. I think
2: so too. You do see people from all over the world, so Mm. that's that's an interesting thing as well. And it's not really too big a city. It's not too small, Mm. but it's not too big. That kind of thing. Uh, Mm. I think that that's kind of really good as well. Only thing though, if I have to say something bad about it, because you can't just talk about. Of
0: course, be honest.
2: Is the rain in Gothenburg? It's always raining. I thought
0: That's, that was just a rumor. Is that actually true?
2: It is very true. Oh. I think it's not so much the rain; it's the continuity that you can get. So it's like periods of weeks. Maybe November you have to watch out. That's like the uh, the most Gothenburgish of all months. If you want to go by weather, you can get three weeks of cloud cover. Oh. I think one of the years I know we had like two hours of sunshine. I mean visible sunshine in the oh whole. Oh my moon.
0: god! Oh, that's even worse in Stockholm. There was, I think it was last, not the November we just had, but the one before. We only had twelve hours of sunlight, and I thought that was bad. You guys only had two. Yes. <laughs> so, what do you do then to help get you through the Gothenburg and months? How do you cope? Because it is tough.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't think we have a uh, hit upon a perfect formula yet, <laughs> but I think uh, board games help. Yes, good. Uh, reading, I think I've never read as much as I've read here in, Sweden, <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> but a lot of people say, and I'm still not, at least I'm not there yet, is, is to stop complaining about the weather. <laughs> they, you know, They say here that it's not the weather, it's the clothes
0: yes there's no so, such thing as bad weather only bad yeah. clothes
2: so you still go out to do something mm. the other big thing is hitting the gym and having a workout nothing like it yeah you make your own weather
0: yeah
2: you can be like the i remember the first year was like i thought i'll never make it through <laughs> the, the winter working out really helps
0: oh i found that too i think it really helps um, I think we've got a lot of really good stuff here, Vishnu. I think this has been a really nice mix of exciting things happening at Volvo and your life and your your journey to Sweden. This has been so lovely to meet you. I'm so glad we could do this today. It was really me fun. too.
2: It yeah. was really nice meeting you. Thanks for having me, and and thanks for doing such a like a great job about the newbie guide. Right? I'm sure it <laughs> will help someone who comes live here i can think about me six years back
0: (laughs) yes oh good yeah me too i mean i mean it's it's it's, it is a daunting thing sweden is wonderful for for expats but it is a daunting thing moving so it's nice to know there's a community there Well, guys, we've come to that point of the episode where we have to say goodbye. But before we do, I'd like to thank our guests, Veronica and Vishnu, for being part of part one of our trip to Gothenburg. There will be more parts. We are only scratching the surface of this beautiful city. As I mentioned before, if there is something you'd like us to cover or something in Gothenburg you'd like us to see or someone you'd like us to meet or anything at all to do with the podcast, do hit us up at The Newbie Guide to Sweden on Instagram or you can be part of our Newbie Guide to Sweden Facebook group or hit me up on Instagram at my shiona. We'd love to hear from you. Do subscribe to the podcast, give us a review if you've got a spare 30 seconds. Your support means so much to us and it really really helps us. And other than that, have a splendid day, week, month, year, whatever you prefer, all of the above. I'm your host Shiona and I'll see you next time. Hara bra.